Thank you for pressing play on episode 79 of A-Side. I'm Andy, and over the course of this episode, I chatted with Freddie Herrera, who's currently the bass player of Everclear and formerly of the XE. Beforehand, I was told that he's one of the nicest guys ever, and spoiler alert, it's true. He's one of the nicest guys on the planet. We dove into a little bit of his background with the Xe's, what he's currently doing in Everclear, and we found out about what his favorite band was too. So we get into a little bit of everything on this episode. Thank you, Freddie, and thank you for listening. Andy. Hey, Freddie. Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? Good, good, good. Looking forward to this. A friend of mine, uh, Corey Rizzoni. Oh, uh, yeah. He was in the Burden Brothers years ago. Yeah, I know Corey really well. He told me to tell you hi, and he said you're like a great dude. Oh, he's lying. (laughs) 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 No, he's really good. Are you in Nashville? Um, I'm actually not. I'm in Illinois. Uh, but I met him over the last year through, uh, some guys that are in Nashville. Oh, okay. Okay. Where, where in Illinois are you? Uh, Peoria. Oh, okay. Peoria. Dude, that's one of my favorite bands from Illinois, uh, Rockford, cheap trick. Oh, wow. So, so you did an interview with Scott, huh? Scott Stevens. Yeah. I talked to him a couple months ago. Cool, man. That's great. I love Scott. He's a good guy excited for for him and all of his success it's crazy um yeah it seems like yeah he's got like a hailstorm album he's working on now and i think it's like the number one record right now yeah yeah i think the song one of the songs i think a song yeah but he also did Mm -hmm. like daughtry's album too this year yeah Yeah. He, he was always great man i've you know i was uh in scott's band uh we were in the same in a band years ago called even before the X's, it was called the end it alls oh really um yeah and um it was during that band where him and i were writing songs and i had an eight track everybody lived at my house and we had an eight track set up in the living room and him and i were working the most and the other guys you know it was more of like a blues rock kind of thing kind of like black crows rolling stones kind of thing and we were writing different songs, and we got some management inter- interested. And we just uh, were writing those kind of songs, and the other guys didn't seem very interested. And uh, one day, Scott laid down a vocal, and I was like, that's it, dude. I'm like, you're going to be the singer. We're going to break away from this band, and we're going to do our own thing. And it took him a while. He's like, no, I can't be the singer. I can't be the singer finally did it and he finally went for it and started the axes awesome oh, i didn't yeah. know that part of the backstory that's cool yeah yeah it's, we've known each other for a long time yeah a long 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 time any uh songs you guys wrote um in the axes that like stand out to you any oh wow um well i always like the ones where i had a, something to do with them <laughs> <laughs> but all of them i i you know it's there was a, it was a great band. And I don't say that bragging. I'm just looking. I always knew, you know, it's like people come up to me. I see people all the time at Everclear shows and they come up and like, man, the X's were great. And they always have good things to say. 
and it it means a lot. It means a lot. And I was like, yeah, it was a great band, good band, all good guys, good players, good songs. You know, just for whatever reason, you know, we didn't quite go over that little mountain. But uh, I'll put those songs up against anybody's. Um, I agree. It seemed like um, you guys had like a good recipe for um, your songs. You sounded like, I, I describe it as like Nirvana meets uh, Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't heard that. But yeah, yeah. You know, and Scott's a great writer. And so was David, David Walsh. You know, they were both great writers. I would throw in riffs here and there. And then they would take them and, you know, and do their thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it worked. And, you know, we worked really, really hard. We were like, I remember, like, just practicing, like, five, six days a week, every day. Um, you know, we weren't much of, of like, some bands back in the day. I don't know if they still do it, but back in the day, um, bands would go out, at least here in L.A., and, you know, kind of network and hang out and stuff. And We weren't against that, but we were more into staying and practicing and getting better at our craft. So that's what we did. And uh, it worked. It worked. We did a lot of great things. Yeah. A lot of great things. Um, well, I see now that um, you just posted that you hit um, 12 years um, with Everclear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. You know, it's rough. It's a lot of work, you know, but it's really, it's really been fun. I can't say it's it's been like ninety five percent fun, maybe five percent, even even if that much hard work, you know. And it's great. And you know, the reason the part of me being in Everclear is because of the Xies. Um, Art had seen and heard the first record, the first Xies record, Inertia, and he came and saw us one night. We were playing a thing in DC. It was a Christmas show and a radio show. And, you know, they have all kinds of different bands play a couple of two, three songs. We were first that night. We were the first band. We're new. And uh, he came early just to see us. And he saw us play and he came downstairs after. And he's like, man, I really want really like your band. You know, he goes, would you guys be interested in, you know, going out on the road with us? And we're like, heck yeah, it'd be great. So um, I think we went out that summer. Yeah, that was, you know, December, I think in July, June or July, maybe went out. And uh, Art and I seemed to hit it off really well. And he was always really nice to me. And, and we just got along together. We had some good laughs. And at the end of that, that was at the end of Craig and Greg being in the band. Then um, he knew it was coming. So um, he asked me, he's like, hey, would you be interested, you know, in playing with Everclear? And I'm like, dude, and I'm like, first of all, I'm, I'm totally flattered that you'd even think to ask me. But, uh, you know, the XEs, you know, I started it with Scott, and, you know, and, you know, I can't just ditch those guys. I'm like, and besides, I want to see what happens, you know, I kind of do. You know, run, see what see what happens and let it run its course. And I think he he appreciated that because I wasn't just you know willing to make a buck and and ditch those guys and 
go off and with you know because Everclear was you know obviously just cranking then we were playing just sold out places all the time and everybody was you know such big Everclear fans but I really wanted to give it all my all my uh, attention to the Xyz you know and I've always been like that I was never a guy that was in like two or three bands and trying to see what you know what happens which they do a lot in LA they used to I don't know about now but and and there's nothing wrong with that it just was never mine my thing I I need to <laughs> my brain works in I need to focus completely on one thing so I I just did that and uh the Axies did their thing you know we you know made another record then another record after that and we just kind of ran our course and uh we never even said, you know, like, you know, that's it, or nobody quit. We just kind of stopped doing it. And so I was, you know, getting, looking for stuff, but nothing was really coming through, and I wasn't getting any offers or anything. So I called up Art, and I guess he had just fired the guy that was playing bass for him that day, earlier that day. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I called him and I was like, hey, man, I'm just calling to see if you know of anybody. Well, first I'm calling just to say hi because we had kept in touch throughout the years. You'd see him here and there, and, you know, talk to him. Um, but I was just seeing how you're doing and seeing if you know of anybody that needs a bass player. And he's like, yeah, me. And I'm like, nah, get out of here. He's like, yeah, I'm having, uh, I'm going to be down in L.A. About two weeks, I'll send you some songs, you learn them. We'll play them. And uh, it was great because uh, I didn't, I thought it was just like, you know, we were just going to jam and then see what happened. You know, so I go there and I'm, it's early in the morning and we meet before, I have some coffee and talk and stuff. And I go in there and I'm playing with these guys. And it sounded good. You know, we just played a couple songs, but we mostly talked. And he's like, all right, sounds good. You know, I'll, uh, I'll give you a call later on today, you know, and, and uh, I'll let you know where, where I'm at. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm like, thanks a lot for the opportunity and appreciate it. I walk out and there's like a line of like 30 guys with basses. And I had no idea that I was like, it was like an audition like that. And I was like, that. I was like, oh, okay, you know, and, and I get it, you know, he had to pick the right guy. It just so happened. It was me. He called me that night and he's like, he's the gig's yours if you want it. And I was like, hell yeah. And I was so desperate at the time. I was like applying for jobs at like grocery stores and and it just, you know, it saved me. It saved me. And here we are 12 years later. I guess it's cool how stuff like that works out. You know, you met him um, prior to that and you guys like had yeah. a friendship and um, kind of mm -hmm. comes full circle. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And uh, you know, I uh, I've I've never been one. I've always been one to be. You know, I kind of try to like everybody I meet. I don't I don't I don't see the reason why I meet some people in bands and they're just kind of like standoffish. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, dude, I don't want anything from you. I just you know saying hi and you know. See if I want to hang out or whatever, and uh, but I get it. Some people are guarded, and uh, I get it. But I, I have 
I've always like extended that hand out and tried to help. And it's important to me to help, you know, when people come up and ask me for advice and stuff, you know, how do you do this or that? I, I always try to give them my full attention. And I mean, it's a no brainer that I can't believe guys would ever not be nice to the people that come and see you play fans and stuff. I mean, you wouldn't even be doing it if it wasn't for them. Yeah, true. Thank They're you. paying um, your salary. Yeah, I guess, buying your uh, yeah. You, they your are. Shirt. They are. And uh, I appreciate them more than I could ever tell them. You know, I know that they get so much joy from from art songs. You know, and watching the band play. But man, I appreciate them so much. They've kept me alive. Uh, so, how was it going back on the road this year? Because you guys have had like a a couple month long yeah. tour, like pretty solid. Yeah, it was it was a trip, dude. It was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It was, uh, it was a little scary. It was a little scary and we're all vaccinated and you know, masked up, but you know, there's a lot of people I just read today. Just today I was I was uh turned on my phone and, and sure enough and uh I'm a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots and and they just had to cancel their tour. Somebody got COVID. Somebody got COVID. I saw that too. Yeah, I was scrolling Instagram, yeah. I think, and they had to, yeah. Yeah. Um, drop yeah. off a festival, I think. Yeah, a big one. Like, like Welcome to Rockville, I think. It, that's a big one. That's a big one. I feel for those guys. And somebody in our camp got it at the ver- uh, after they went home. We all flew home. We got done with this last leg of it. Flew home. I got a phone call. Okay, you better go get tested. And I was going on a family vacation. First one I've had in years back east. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't have it. I can't have it. And I was was negative. But, uh, yeah, somebody in our camp had it the the very last day. And, you know, you're careful. We're as careful as can be. You know, it, it sucks. It sucks because we're big into like, you know, doing the show and going out to merch and signing people and shaking hands, taking pictures and stuff. You know, it's important to us, and we can't do that. We did it. We did it in a way. If it was outside, and we would have like two tables in between us, and people would hand whatever they wanted to a security guard. They'd hand it to us. We'd sign it and do it. You know, but we didn't. Uh, no shaking hands. Couldn't do it. Couldn't I, do it. It was too, too scary. I guess being outside like that, yeah, you can like spread out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but we didn't do it inside. We did not do it inside. It was too. You know, Art had it. Art had COVID, beginning of the year, in in 2020, and it was bad. It was bad. He was in the hospital for, I think, 10 days. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, that was no joking around. No joke. And I couldn't go see him. And, you know, we talked on the phone when he was up up for it. But uh, it was scary. It was scary. And I've known, I personally know a few people that died from it. So I anybody do too. that. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's terrible, and uh, that's a whole nother story. Though I don't want to get on that because yeah. 
It just gets me mad. <laughs> it just gets me angry. Yeah. But oh. yeah, you you've you've known people, huh? That's terrible. Sorry, yeah. man. Um, well, I'm sorry for your loss too. Yeah. Oh, well, on a happier note, though, you said um, you mentioned uh, when I was uh, mentioned Illinois. Um, you said uh, mm-hmm. Cheap Trick. Is that one of your uh, favorite bands then, or is that oh, influence oh, yeah. growing up? Huge, huge influence. Huge influence. I mean, it's the Beatles. The Beatles. You can't even. I mean, they're the number one, but they're so up there. I mean, it's just like they're like gods <laughs> and cheap tricks like the next best thing you know and they're still doing it and i've always been enamored with tom peterson's bass playing and 12 string and i've done i did a record years ago like in 92 i think the band this band on hollywood records called eden and uh he was friend tom was tom peterson was friends with the producer and he got Tom to come in and play some six string bass on a song that I had written. Oh, wow. And it was fun. And we hung out and went and had some drinks. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I went and seen them. I've seen them probably, I'm sure I've seen cheap trick more than any of their band live. And they're still fun. They're still great. And they're still fun. And they still, uh, get me going. I always, before we play, we always, I bring a little like speaker or, plug into the bus and crank some tunes to get us in the mood invariably it always comes around to cheap trick at least one or two songs but yeah they're a big influence have you ever played any uh shows with them like on the same bill yeah we have we have we opened up for them where was it it was crazy place it was out in like a field (laughs) i think it was in fresno or bakersfield which is like central california kind of farm town huh. and art knows him really well he played they had um it's on video um they did a 25 year anniversary show in their hometown in rockford yeah and, i think it's uh, called silver think yeah, it was, yeah yeah and art's on there and he did i think he did day tripper uh with them so they know every time we see them and we did a show we opened up for him and took some, got a cool picture with, with Rick then. And then just last year, I think it was 2018, we played a show in Florida and Robin's son, Robin Zander's son opened up for us. And Robin came and we're talking about, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, wow, that was, I was telling him congratulations for getting in the Rock Hall of Fame. And we, we, he was telling me stories about that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's for being such a big fan, you know. It's been really neat to to talk to them. Um, yeah, it's like getting to uh, meet your heroes and play with them. Yeah, stuff like that's yeah, what it's yeah, all it's about. Great. Yeah, it's it's really great. And and don't and don't think for a second I'm not geeking out inside. I'm totally geeking out. <laughs> you know, even when I when I meet anybody, you know, I'm I'm a music fan number one that's how I got to do this. That's why I still do it. I'm, I'm a huge music fan. I love music. It's, it's an amazing thing. And it's done so much for me. Things I never thought I would do in my life. It's all because of music. Yeah. Um, what other, what other uh, early influences you have like that? Um, 
the Beatles were always, you know, the Beatles, cheap trick. I'm a song guy. I like really good songs. I was never into jam bands. Um, but I like heavy stuff too. Probably the my favorite, one of my favorite heavy bands. And I get into them. It comes around every couple of years, and I've been on this kick lately. It's, it's King's X. I've always been into King's X since oh, wow. the beginning. So, yeah, I saw them at a small little club on their first record. And uh, it's a, that's another thing. I've, I've ran into Doug, the, the bass player, singer, different parties and stuff. And great guy. And I'm now, now you're making me think. I can't. You know, and then there's, you know, I'm an old, I'm an old skateboarder from the eighties. So like punk and new wave stuff was, was like the beginning of everything besides radio stuff. I was all, but I was always, it's always songs, but I love the band X punk band from Los Angeles, Devo, you know, Clash, Elvis Costello. You know, anything with anybody that wrote, wrote a good song and I could hear it on the radio, I'm in. <laughs> you know, I like a good hook. Uh, speaking of the new wave stuff, you just kind of like reminded me of something going through X's albums and stuff lately. <laughs> like, I think there was a Talking Heads cover on um, you guys' last album. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, Once in a Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, something that that uh it was scott he came up with that idea and he came to me and i was like dude that is incredible what a what a great take on a song and every time i play it for somebody i still i just played it for everclear's drummer not that long ago and he was like wow he was blown away by it but he was a big talking heads fan so he knew it right from the lyrics but everybody else, it's like they don't even get it until it gets into the chorus. And it's, I got to give it up to Scott. That was his, his baby, and he pulled it off. And it's a great, I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but it's pretty weird. Pretty oh, haunting. no, I haven't seen the video. Yeah. Yeah, it's out on. there. It's out there on YouTube. But, yeah, that was for the last record, Modern Way of Living with the Truth. Yeah. And that that had its all its trials and tribulations too. You know, we had lost Dennis, uh, our drummer. He left uh, right after the second record, right after we got done touring when we were on tour with Motley Crue at the end. So it was down to just Scott and I. And we went back and forth. You know, I I always wanted to keep going with the X's and uh, he was, he wasn't sure, but I said, well, let's just work on some, sh some, some tracks and, you know, we'll work on it like that. And we, we worked on a song and I went and had a little, I don't know. Do you, do you play music too and, and stuff? Um, I don't know. No, no. Well, back in the day, there used to be this little drum machine. It was Elisa's SR-16. Real primitive kind of thing, but it was good enough where you could get an idea down. And we we uh, were working on this song, and uh, had and I worked and worked and got the drum part done. And we were just doing it, you know, because we loved the music. We didn't even have 
uh, we weren't even sure we were going to make a record or anything. We are just doing it to do it. And everything just just fell back into place. We got our old guitar player back who was in the band before the guitar player um, that did the, the first two X's records. First three. Actually, you know, we have a record, a little independent record before the one that has My Goddess, before Inertia. We did another yeah, it's got like a lady lead. on it or something. Yeah, lady yeah. screaming on it. Yeah, and that we had a different drummer, and then but then the three of us, David Scott and I, we went on and got signed to Virgin, did that, and that that's where we got Dennis Wolf. But uh, yeah, so we and then you know Scott's like, okay, let's do it. We got Chris back, and then we we used a friend of ours set us up with this incredible drummer, Isaac Carpenter. For that last record he just killed it just such a such an incredible player and such a sweetheart of a guy and now he's playing with awol nation he's their drummer he has been for years but um yeah we we did that and uh you know we rode that did some tours and stuff and like i said we just kind of like we just didn't think it was gonna do anything so we just kind of went our own ways and never even broke up and we tried to get back together for the 10-year anniversary of inertia, but uh, it will. I forget what's happened. I was working so much with Everclear. We never, we never really got it together. And so, and and Scott was working a lot too. He goes all over the place to write. You know, he does a lot of recording at home, but he goes, he'll fly out to different places to write with different bands. So, yeah, I think uh, he was bouncing we, back and forth between like Nashville and yeah. um, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's always gone. Always, always gone. But yeah, I haven't seen him in so long. And, and uh, we're always trying to get together. We just never can. But we will, you know. We don't have that big, uh, it's, we're very, uh, okay with each other you know and it, that's the way it should be you know it's like well that's good yeah. there's no yeah 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 i wish him nothing but the best and i'm so happy for his success so happy for his success he deserves it he works really hard and he's a great talented guy great super talent i knew it when i was talking him into being a singer <laughs> <laughs> you got uh more shows um, with Everclear actually coming up too, and um, I saw you're actually flying out, or are you flying out? Because you got a show on Friday. Yeah, yeah, I'm flying out. I'm flying out tomorrow night, early, early morning. I think five or six in the morning. Fly out to Seattle, do that show, and then Portland. It's not a long run. It's about eight shows, I think, seven or eight shows, just West Coast. Yeah. That was the only place that we didn't go on those two month runs over the summer but it's not summerland it's just xe i mean everclear and uh weedus we we stole weedus from the summerland tour <laughs> and and we're making them play with us <laughs> now we love those guys they're such a good band they're so intense you know, and I and I like that song, but I, you know, and I told Brandon the singer, I was like, I didn't really know your guys' stuff that much, but man, it's so, so good, <laughs> so good. I saw that one of the shows you're doing on this run is 
the uh, Celebrity Theater in um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar yeah. with that venue? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've played there a few times with Xyz and with uh, Everclear. Oh, cool, because I actually have been out there, and I thought it was cool how the stage, like, spins around. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a it's neat It's a trip. Venue. It's a trip, yeah. We've We've done... I've done a few shows on stages like that where they spin. Last time was with Everclear when we played this big outdoor show. They they flew us in to play it. And we played with Stone Temple Pilots and a couple other bands. But they had a big, gigantic circular um, stage. And I was just like, man, please don't let me fall when I'm coming around. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> I've only fallen on stage once. That was terrible. Oh man, that was not fun. On but the stage, not good. off though, right? No, not off. Yeah. Not off. Thank God. I've come pretty close. I move around a little bit, but I always am very aware. Any other uh, venues that you played that like uh, stand out, or any shows that oh, stood out yeah. over the years? Like you were talking about that first show with Everclear, you know, 12 years ago, a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, that one stood out just because it was just a huge festival. I mean, I don't even know how many, 10,000, 12,000 people there. And we were playing and, and we played with Puddle of Mud and, and I forget who else, but Eddie Money played. And I remember talking to the guitar player in Puddle of Mud, and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm playing with Everclear. And he's like, what? <laughs> and uh, and I didn't even really know him, and but he knew who I was, which always trips me out when people do that, especially when they're, when they're in other bands. Yeah, but, yeah, that night, watching Eddie Money, and, uh, you know, I tried to take it all in. I remember most of the show. But I remember how thrilling that was to play because I had, you know, after the XEs weren't doing anything, I I went for months and months, almost, I would say, pretty close to between six and nine months without playing. And, uh, you know, it was getting pretty sketch. So I just remember being very grateful and and it came off really well and i knew that and it felt good it felt good you know sometimes you play and it's like yeah you know but this felt really good and i felt really at home so it was was nice and and it doesn't escape me you know i was telling my girl the other day it's like you know what are the odds that i would go from the exes who were nowhere near something like Everclear has attained. But because I was kind of new art, you know, we, we got a, a friendship going and um, that I was able to do that, go from that to that and to, to doing Everclear, you know, and then for this long, I mean, a lot of times guys that join bands don't get to stay in for this long. That's pretty amazing. Very amazing, yeah. but I'm very grateful. Very grateful. But a lot of it is, is the work. That's, you know, you have to learn. And, you know, anybody that 
that's out there listening to this is, you know, dealing with band stuff, you know, you got to be good. You got to be good at what you do and practice, and, you know, and songs are the most important thing. But you have to be able to learn how to get along with people. It's hard. You know, you, you're with these people a lot. And it's 24-7 when you're on the road. So if you don't get along with somebody, it's real apparent. Yeah, because it's more than just a job. It's like a like a it's, relationship. It is. It truly, truly is. I'm I know. Living with those guys. Yeah, you really are. You really are. And you see the good and the bad of everybody. And that goes for me, too. They see the good and the bad in me, too. So I try to make that bad be as little as possible and go with it, go with it, you know, and if, you know, be grateful for even the little gigs. And, you know, I don't know if, if Scott told you how the Xyz got signed to um, Virgin or not, but uh, did, did he go into that? Um, he kind of did. It was like this guy, um, I guess, Matt. Uh, that was mm-hmm. like that um, record producer guy that I guess you yeah. had already done the one album and then he got you signed yeah. for the next one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way that happened was we were playing Xyz, you know, we were just doing a van, van playing whatever gigs we could get. We had a small little label. They would send us here and there and uh, play into almost nobody usually. Some shows were good. I shouldn't say that. It was better. It was better than almost nobody. But this one show we were playing in Miami, and it wasn't in Miami proper. It was in the suburbs, and it was this show, and it was this bar, full-on bar, but it was cut in half, and half of it was just a bar, half of it was like kind of like a, kind of a concert room, but not really. They didn't really care about it. You could tell. the The PA wasn't that great and stuff, and. Uh, so we get there, we're like, okay, we're going to play. And there's no sound guy. So Scott and I are taking turns going back and forth during sound check, fixing whatever, listening. So we get there, and the sound guy is supposed to show up. Well, come to the show, he never showed up. And the opening band, I don't know if we had an opening band or not. But, dude, there, were, there was not one person in front of us. Not one person in the whole place. And we're like, well, you know, and the lady's like, well, we'll pay you, you know, we'll give you food or whatever. And we're like, and I'm like, well, we already set up. Let's just play. Let's just play. And we played probably one of the best shows. We were just a little mad and just, you know, we were just pretty much just like, screw it. Fuck it. We're going to just do this. And we played a cool, cool set. And we get done playing, and not kidding, this guy walks out of the shadows. We didn't even know he was there. He never introduced himself, huh. but he was Matt Serletic's scout, and that was that producer that Scott was talking about. And we gave him a CD, and everything happened from that. Wow! And that's what I mean. That's what I mean about every show. You know, be grateful because you never know what's going to happen, and play like. Play like there's fifteen thousand people there. Don't don't think because you don't see people, you never know who who anybody is. So play, and you should want to do that anyways. 
you know, I tell people, I'm like, you have to kind of play music nowadays, rock music at least. You have to play because you can't not do it. You just got to do it. And, uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, this last year, I don't know what's going on, but Everclear's um, audiences have gotten, are starting to skew real young. And I've been talking to people. I'm like, how did you guys, you know, how are you guys hearing this? And they're like, somebody played them or their parents had a record or maybe Santa Monica. One guy said Santa Monica was the first song he learned how to play. He turned all his friends onto it. But it's starting to come around. And there's going to be rock. There's going to be a rock band that comes out and it's going to be just like Nirvana. And they're going to blow everybody away. Yeah, everything works in a cycle, man. Everything's a circle. So it's more than just like uh, people bringing their kids. You're saying there's um, actual kids like seeking you guys out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just did a show in New York City, right in Manhattan, man. I'm not kidding. It was like almost half kids. Half, like 21, between... No, no, it was 18 and up. Yeah, between 18 and 25. About half the audience. That was crazy. We were like looking at each other like, what's going on here? Are we getting punked or what? <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It's great to see, you know, and people, you know, I get kids asking me, you know, what kind of bass do you use? What strings? Everything. And it's fun. You know, it's, it's always fun to, to talk to people and see that light in their eyes because it's new and you got to think, you know, and all the stuff we sell, the only, only music we sell at Everclear shows is vinyl. That's all they want. Hmm. Every kid wants vinyl. It's new to them. It's new to them. They don't care that they can't take it with them on their iPod or whatever on their phone. It's new, but yeah, the kids are starting to come around to, to to rock music well that's good yeah it seems like like you're saying if you got a love for it uh then mm-hmm. uh people people will be like drawn to that i guess yeah 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 they mm. feel it they feel it and they know they know what's real yeah. that's what kids man you can't fool them you can't fool them they know what's up they know what's real you can try but they know I don't want to keep you too much longer, but one last thing I want to say that relates to that is like that is like we were talking about maybe how the XEs, there were like other bands at the time that were more popular, but going back Mm -hmm. and listening to your stuff from that era, it feels like a lot more like genuine. Uh, You're like, I guess your songs or something, they just kind of stand out more like they hold up over time over like the 15 years. Wow, thanks, man. That's really that's really nice yeah. of you to say, and I appreciate that a lot. We we really put everything we had into everything we did. We were not we were not into it for anything other than the music, and it's it's really cool that people know that that you that you figured that out. Very well, cool. thanks, man. Thanks. That really made my night. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me too, man. That made my night. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was great. It was great. Bass players don't get talked to, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I do. I do a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a pleasure. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. You may find yourself in another part of the world. You may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, where?